They're thinking it may not happen. And so what they need to do is they realize we've got to increase the atmosphere of risk. We've got to crank it up. I remember seeing my son Judah do this in a restaurant and, and this, this one guy shouts out and he's praying for this kid with a broken leg and he goes, he goes, oh, I'm an atheist. I don't believe in any of that garbage. And he goes, all right, come here. You got to get really close. I need you to stand right here, right beside him while I pray. And he, he's like, well, you know, it, 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 isn't it if I'm an atheist that, that it's supposed to like, you know, detract from this or so? And he goes, no, 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 no. Actually, it helps a lot. Come here, stand right here. <laughs> And what it is, is it's that atmosphere of risk, having somebody closer. I proved this you know, going all over Princeton University in the, United, in the, in the U.S., the uh, University of, of Princeton, not the seminary, but the main campus. And, you know, it's like an epicenter of atheism and unbelief. And praying for atheists, you'd see all kinds of amazing things, you know, happen. But we sort of, we kind of want to, you know, go in and we see somebody we want to pray for in public and, you know, we see somebody limping and we're, we're looking and we're like, God of all creation, calling on his name on your behalf would humiliate you and embarrass you. So let's go behind this rock. Let's hide behind this wall, this tree. Let me pray for you quietly where no one's watching because prayer is so humiliating and so embarrassing. Sound familiar? <laughs> I remember when I used to do that. But if, if risk is a valve, what did I just do with that risk? Turned it all off. Instead, do what my boys do. Go big. Hey, come here. I need you to gather up. Pull people around. Say, come here. Because that's increasing that risk. That's just cranking that valve and just turning it all the way up. And you're like, but what if it doesn't happen? What if it doesn't? That's why it's called risk. That's why it's called risk. Does that make sense? Nobody's going to write a book on a thousand risk-free ways to take more risk in your life. It's not going to happen. Risk is risk. It requires risk. And so let me illustrate this because some, sometimes we want to keep, you know, we got a person who comes up, I'm an atheist. We, we're going to keep that person as far away. You know, we'll get away from here because it may not happen because of you. No, 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 no. I've got a video I want to show you. I don't know if we were able to check. We checked the sound before and it didn't quite work right with the sound, but you could see it. Hopefully, that we, hopefully we can figure the audio out here. If not, you know, we'll at least show you what happened. But this is a young man. His name is Jamie. And uh, a couple of years ago, my son Judah was just walking down the street and uh, he sees this young man and he, said, he goes up to him and he says, he says, hey, he goes, do you have a, a problem? You know, do you have anything you need uh, healing for? Or do you have any problems or anything you want prayer for? And he's like, no, I don't need anything. And, and Jamie was a heroin addict. And so uh, Judah says, well, can, can we just pray for you and bless you? And he goes, well, yeah. And so he puts his hand on his shoulder and he goes, do you have problems in the lower part of your back? And he goes, 
yeah. He goes, I just injured my back the other day. And he goes, well, then you do need healing. He goes, well, let me pray for you. Jesus will completely heal your back right now so that you'll know how much he loves you and cares about you and wants a relationship with you. Can I pray for your back? And he goes, okay. He goes, I really don't believe it. And so he prays for his back and it, his back completely gets healed. He totally gets healed. And, and this, this other uh, couple had, had been inviting uh, this guy, Jamie, to come to church and inviting him to, to come uh, and to uh, be a part. Uh, he, w- he was working at this Taekwondo place. And, and so anyway, he ends up, uh, he ends up uh, completely giving his he- getting healed, gives his life to Christ. And, and Judah looks at him and says, hey, he goes, let me, uh, he goes, have you ever heard of power evangelism? And he's like, well, I just like gave my life to Jesus. He goes, I don't even know what power evangelism means. And he goes, uh, he goes, well, come on, let's show you. And so he takes him out and he starts, and he, he like literally is praying for this one person. And he says, all right, Jamie, ask Jesus to show you something for this guy. And he goes, I just like said this prayer like five minutes ago. I don't know what do you mean by Jesus showed this guy. Anyway, so he ends up getting words and turns out the Lord just starts showing stuff to Jamie like crazy. And so by the time this video comes, Jamie's probably been a Christian maybe a year and a half, maybe two years. And uh, so I, I want you to see it. Hopefully, again, hopefully the audio will work. If it won't, let me just sh- show you something. But this young man, I was doing these meetings in Cincinnati, and this young man comes up and he says to Jamie, he goes, uh, he goes, I, you know, I watched Robbie pray for these people up there and, and have them pray for each other. And he goes, he goes, but I'm an atheist. I don't believe in any of this. And Jamie just goes, he goes, oh, he goes, you just need to see a miracle happen and that'll solve that. And so Jamie just hollers out in the crowd. He goes, anybody have a leg shorter than the other? Come over here right now. And these three people come up and this one lady comes up who's not a believer. And, Jamie, and then Jamie, the, 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 the young man who's the atheist, he goes, he goes, well, I know what you're gonna do. He goes, you're just gonna pull her leg out. You're gonna try to pull her leg or shoe or something to make it look like her leg grow. And he goes, oh, no, I won't because I'm not gonna touch her. You're gonna pray for her. And he goes, I'm an atheist. He goes, it doesn't matter. He's just hold her legs. And so he has her hold her legs and hopefully the audio will work it up, but let's show that if we can. And if you, could, if you could throw it up there and then push pause on it too for a second, because I want to point something out. Okay, if you could hit pause. Now I want you to do something. So this is Jamie right here with the purple shirt. I want you to take a look. They're gonna shift the camera in a second. Sorry, it's a bit grainy, it's an older phone. But I want you to uh, pay attention, see the pattern of the pants that are above the black boot, on the top of the boot, not, not down at the heels. You see that? I want you to watch that, and then I want you to watch the space between, you know, the pattern of, of the one boot with the uh, top of the black boot when they switch, because that's where you're going to see it happen, okay? So watch that, if you will. If I had a laser pointer, I'd point it out to you, but I don't. Okay, you can see the gap there, right there. Watch that. There it goes. He's holding the leg because he's in shock. Did, you, did anybody not see that? Seriously, if you didn't, raise your hand. Let me just see if you didn't see it. Okay, back it up. There's several people that didn't see it. Back it up if you would. Let's show it again one more time if you would. Now, I want you to listen. Pause it just a second. I want you to listen how Jamie is, 
he's, he's coaching the, the kid, the atheist kid. And remember, the woman is also an unbeliever. We call this a two for one, okay? <laughs> but look, see that he'll, he'll move the camera a little more and you'll see a bit more of the black part of the boot on that far boot right there. That's, watch that. There it goes. Yeah. Okay, you can stop it. And sorry, when the guy says, what the hell, that's kind of how they say praise the Lord in Cincinnati, I guess. I don't know if I'm sure what that is. Forgive, forgive that. But um, the point of it is, is that, you know, so many people, they just need to have an experience. And, and, and both of these people, that night, right after this, they give their lives to Jesus. And it was so cool because Jamie and he heard, he's heard us do this so many times. He looks at the atheist and he goes, now, he goes, Jesus just invited you to a relationship with him because he just showed you how he wants to use you for the rest of your life. Wouldn't you like Jesus to use you that way for the rest of your life? And he said, yeah, I would. And so he said, then let's, let's, give, let's pray and give your life to Jesus right now. And with the woman, he said, now Jesus just showed you how much he loves you and that he wants a relationship with you. And he just invited you to a relationship by growing your leg out. And he said, would you like to say yes then? She said, yes. And both of them just prayed, you know, right there, just in that moment. I always love using stuff that's not me doing it, but other people doing it. And so it's, so we're in this place where you were going to be confronted sort of with the culture that's going to push back. And it would be so easy for us to sort of retreat and think, oh, I got to get a better game plan. I got to, as I was going to Princeton University, it was amazing. I was getting all these emails and text messages from all these pastors who were saying, you, you are not prepared for what you're about to go up against. You know, all the questions about new earth, old earth, all the questions about, you know, all, all of these different theological twists and you're, you're about to go into the lion's den of all this. Well, as soon as these people saw somebody healed, they were like, I don't even remember what my question was anymore. I, 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 they were just totally, as soon as they began to feel, feel the tingling and the heat or they began to feel this, you know, presence of God, the questions just flew out of their mind. The Q&A was actually quite boring because hardly anybody had any. They couldn't, they couldn't seem to come up with it. And it's just because of that encounter. And so when we're going up, we're, we're going to see that it's not just, as, again, as Paul said, you know, it's, it's not enough that we just have persuasive words of man's wisdom, but we truly need a demonstration of power power, you know, to connect people, as I, as I quoted last night. Well, Elijah is going up against this immense opposition, and he's going up against this, and so he, he goes and he sits down, you know, with the prophets of Baal, which are in the hundreds, and Ahab is there watching and, and sort of, uh, you know, seeing what's taking place, and he's, and he's surrounded by, by these prophets of Baal, and here's the deal. He's, he's, there's only one Elijah, and there's hundreds of these other prophets, and he says, here's the deal. We're both going to sacrifice, and, who, and you can't, you're not allowed to put fire to it. Whosoever God answers by fire, he's God, and all the other prophets have to die. Now, how's that for risk? That's immense risk, right? That's really putting something on the line. All the other prophets have to die. Whosoever God answers by fire. You know, he's God, and the other prophets are false, and therefore they've, they've got to be eliminated. And so, he, so the, he says, now you guys go ahead and go first. 
He lets him go first. And of course, you, you probably heard the story many times before. And, and, and he's praying and, 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 and they're, they're calling out and nothing's happening. And, and he begins to say, call louder, call out. And he even says that Elijah begins to mock them and, and, and starts to say, you know, well, maybe your God's on vacation. You need to cry even louder. And so they're crying even louder. And I love how Eugene Peterson's message, you know, says it. He goes, maybe he's sitting on the toilet and has the fan on, can't hear you, cry even louder. I mean, Elijah's really kind of being a bit of a brat here. He's really sort of agging it on and stirring it up. And so finally, they start cutting themselves and they're just bleeding, trying to get their God to answer by fire. Nothing's happening. And then Elijah signs, all right, before you guys kill yourselves, you know, uh, let's stop this. And it says in verse 30 of 1 Kings 18, he says, then Elijah called the people, come over here and they all crowded around him, and he repaired the altar of the Lord that had been torn down. That's such a powerful thing there. I don't have enough time to get into that, but it's so powerful. He repairs this altar that had been torn down. And he took 12 stones. But I'm, let me just say this. If you look in, in the society, in our Western society, isn't that so true? I mean, look at the rich history, the church history of this nation and the rich heritage, but there's been sort of this dismantling. You know, the enemy has sought to tear the altar down, the altar of our fathers. He sought to dismantle and to destroy. And here Elijah comes and he repairs it. He puts it back together and it says in verse 31, he took 12 stones to represent each one of the tribes of Israel and he used the stones to rebuild the altar in the name of the Lord. And then he dug a trench around the altar large enough to hold about three gallons. What's Elijah doing? He's turning up the risk. He's just grabbing that valve of risk and saying, okay, come on. Do we believe this? Let's crank it up. Let's crank it up. He digs the trench around it and it says, and he piled the wood on the altar and he cut the bull in pieces and he laid the pieces on the wood. And then he says, now fill four large jars with water and pour the water over the offering and on the wood. What's he doing with this step? He's just cranking that risk up even more. With each one of these steps, he's just increasing this atmosphere of risk. And may I tell you that taking that risk is increasing the atmosphere of expectancy. It's just turning up that place of expectancy. When my boys are saying, hey, come here, you want to see a miracle? Come here, this guy's leg's about to grow out right now. I'm going to pray for his shoulder. It's going to be healed right now. What are they doing? They're just increasing that atmosphere of expectancy. Why? Because they're a little scared that it won't happen. Now, everything inside says back away from that. Move to a safe place and avoid that. But doing that is going to just turn it all off. It's going to turn it all off. And then we use excuses, well, I need to protect the person. I need to protect how they feel about God. I need to protect their theology. Because what's going to happen if it doesn't happen? They're going to be devastated. Can I tell you that every unbeliever, every atheist that I've ever prayed for, that when I've said Jesus is going to heal you and they weren't healed, not one of them have ever looked at me and said, thank you, you just sealed it up for me. Not one of them. You know what they always say? I am blown away by the fact that you believe this so much that you would speak with that much confidence and that your faith is not hindered 
by the fact that it didn't happen. I'm in shock by that. After my you know, kids had prayed for this kid in the wheelchair you know, at the Vatican and, and to see him get out of the wheelchair, later that night we were at a, at a pizza place. I mean, it's Italy, okay? It's what you do. <laughs> and uh, we were there and in comes walking a blind man. And he's got a walking stick, and I'm like, you know, and see, I, when the boys start running for the, the, the kid in the wheelchair, I mean, they're like, like the 15-year-old sees him first, and he goes, hey, look, a kid in the wheelchair, and he starts running after him, and the others are like, hey, and they all start running after him, and the 15-year-old's like, get away, he's my kid in the wheelchair, I saw him first, <laughs> and they're like rushing over, you're like, don't hit, hurt the kid in the wheelchair, you know, and I'm trying to run too, and I finally get there, and I'm like, <laughs> And the mother's like, please don't pull my son out of the wheelchair, please. And I'm like, don't worry. <laughs> That's not what they're going to do. <laughs> so I'm in the restaurant and I look over and a blind man comes in and I'm like, oh, the kids don't notice the blind man's walked in. I can get to them before they do. <laughs> so I walk over and I'm like, are you blind? And he goes, yeah, <laughs> how'd you figure that? Yeah, I am blind. And I looked at him, I said, you know, could I pray for you? I said, Jesus can heal you right now. I said, I would love to pray for you, for, for your sight to be completely restored and, you know, for you to see again. I said, would you let me pray for you? And he goes, yes, yeah, you could pray for me. I prayed for him and I was like, you know, do you mind taking your glasses off and just, you know, see if you could see anything? He takes his glasses off. And I said, you know, if you're at a 10, you know, level of blindness and zeros, perfect vision, where are you at now? And he goes, still a 10. And so I said, can I pray again? And he says, yeah, I prayed again. And then, he's, and then still a 10. Can I pray again? Yeah, I prayed again, third time, still a 10. I said, can I pray again? And he goes, that's enough. He goes, that's it. And I said, please, let me, let me pray. I said, I've seen blind people completely healed. I'd really like, and he goes, no, 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 no. He goes, that's enough. He goes, I really appreciate it. He goes, can I tell you this? And I was kind of like waiting for it. Like, is it going to be something negative? Is it going to be? He looks at me and he goes, he goes, can I buy your family dinner? And I looked at him. I said, no. I said, why would you want to do that? He said, because I have lived in this town. He goes, I'm in my mid-60s. He goes, I've lived in this city my entire life. And I've never had one person ever offer to pray for me to be healed. Never once. And he goes, I'd really like to buy you and your family dinner. And I said, sir, you know, you can come join us, but no, I, I really, you know, we're, we're fine. And I said, thank you, that's so kind of you. But see, he didn't even focus on the fact of what, he was so touched by the fact of stepping out. And then my 15-year-old, you know, he kind of comes over to me and he goes, dad, pats me on the shoulder. He goes, it's okay. <laughs> he said, we'll tell everybody you had your hand on the kid in the wheelchair earlier this afternoon. <laughs> We'll include you in that story. Don't worry. You won't get left out. And I'm like, thank you, son. Thank you. You're so compassionate. But what's, what's, what's Elijah doing? He's just increasing that atmosphere of risk. And with each one of these pours, it says, now these jugs, they, they, we don't know, it says three. It was enough to hold four gallons of water, but we don't, we don't know if, if these, these could have been jugs that big. They could have been massive. These aren't necessarily just small pitchers, as far as we know. And so he pours it on three times. Pour it on again. Pour it on again. Now, you have to realize, this is in a time of drought. In a time of drought, you people don't know what drought is. You have no, this country, if you've lived here, you have no idea what drought is. 
okay? But in place of drought, when you're in drought and water, even pouring water from a pitcher, you can smell it. It's strong smell. And in a time of drought, this is where they can smell. They're, they're so, the, the drought is probably to the point to where the water that he's pouring on the sacrifice has more value than the, than the animal has. Probably so. And he's pouring it out. They can smell this water. And with each one of those pours, Elijah's just saying, come on, crank it up even more. Come on, crank it up even more. And there's this confidence that he's taking. There's this confidence. And let me tell you something. We're always afraid of stepping out and taking this risk. But God, I believe, is encouraging us to do that. He's encouraging us to do that. And then all of a sudden, here, here I remember several years ago, my, I was in my office and my son, who's autistic, uh, there was this boy that lived on our street and he would kind of bully my son a bit and my son would, you know, get, he would get him all worked up and upset and, and one day I, I heard sort of something going on outside the window and I looked outside and I saw my, my autistic son with his hands on his hips and he was taught and I saw that boy and I thought, oh no, you know, there's, there's a problem. And I rushed outside and as soon as I opened the door, I heard Cana say to this boy, he goes, oh Yeah. He goes, well, you go get your daddy and bring him here. My daddy's going to beat your daddy up right now. <laughs> now, how do you think I responded to that? You know, rebuke him? How dare you say that? No, my chest goes out and I come up. What's going on out here? <laughs> What's happening out here? Somebody messing with my boy. Why? Because my boy believes in me. He believes in me. My chest goes out. What's happening out here? Now, the thing of it is, is that daddy was twice my size. <laughs> he would have mopped the floor with me. But I would have given it all I had. I know that doesn't sound very spiritual of me, but I would. Why? Because my boy believes in me. What's Elijah doing? He's looking at the prophets of Baal and he says, my daddy's about to show up and take your daddy. My daddy's about to come and beat your daddy up. He's confident in him. Now, how does God respond? Now, now, Elijah. Somebody's a little overconfident here. Somebody needs to learn a little lesson in humility. Somebody believes in their daddy a little too much. We need to sort of turn that pride down and sort of put that in check. So I'm not going to show up with fire to teach you a little bit of lesson here. Is that how God responds? No. He says, let the God who answers by fire, boom, fire falls, consumes the sacrifice. I don't know how it works here in England. But in the United States, water is a fire inhibitor. Is it the same here? Water puts out fire, and the fire comes, consumes the sacrifice, laps up all the water, burns up all this saturated, soaked wood, and is burning the stones. I mean, it just consumes everything, even the water in the trench around it. You know what I think God is doing? I think he's looking down at Elijah and going, got your back, son. Got your back. God is not offended by your risk-taking. He's not offended by your risk-taking. Why? Because you're saying, I believe my daddy's about to show up. 
Why would he be offended by that? He wants to show up for us. He loves us. He wants, and besides, we're doing it for the spread of his fame, for the spread of his glory. He's not holding back. Anytime something doesn't happen, that's the enemy opposing, the enemy fighting. That's not God going, yeah, I just don't feel like healing people today. That's not God. There's nothing biblically that would support that perspective. And so we, 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 but we pull away. And so here Elijah, and it just consumes. And so Elijah starts hollering out. And he's like, don't let one of these prophets of Baal go. And he goes and he just cleans house. Man, and then take a look. Take a look at this, at this other part because I want to focus on one little thing because I want to give you some, something in here in this. And then jump down to verse 41. And it's so, it's so powerful because this is just right after this. And he goes and he talks to Ahab and, and it says, Then Elijah said, uh, said to Ahab, go get something to eat and to drink. Now again, remember, they're in a time of drought. Elijah says, for I hear a mighty rainstorm coming. I hear a mighty rainstorm coming. Let me, let me pause just a second. When I was talking about that with identity, you know, it's so amazing because so many people, you know, for years, years and years and years ago, right after Angie and I got married, I received a prophetic word from this guy. And it was, it was in our church, and, and it was such a, for me, it was so far beyond anything that I could imagine. But I had had dreams right before this word had happened, and this guy is speaking content of the dreams, and so that's the only way that I could sort of embrace it as God. And he's giving this prophetic word and he says, he says, people look at you and they're just say, what's the use? He goes, people look at you and they don't get it. They're like, there's nothing to that guy. There's nothing there. There's nothing special. There's nothing, nah, not him. And he began to say, he says, but I say righteousness lives in you. And he goes, there's a heritage of righteousness. And he goes, the Lord, and he begins to give this, to me back then, just this massive words. He says, I'm going to take you to the nations of the world because I'm putting an image inside of you that you're going to release and that are going to be, it's going to go around the world and, and it's something you're going to add to and build on, you know, of what others have planted and others have done. And he started saying, you know, I'm going to raise up apostles and prophets and pastors and teachers out of the people that are going to give and you're going to give them tools of harvesting. That's, it was just this massive word. And the whole time, I was like, this dude picked the wrong guy. <laughs> you know, he meant Bill behind me. He certainly didn't mean me. And the whole time, I'm just like, man, this is like embarrassing. You know, and, and, and I remember him. And, and then he started giving communication of the stuff that had happened in this dream. And when that happened, it just undid me because I was like, oh, he is talking to me. And I just collapse on the floor right in front of him. When we went to plant our church in Aurora, and, 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 and a lot of people were like, uh, you know, and I remember going as a vineyard pastor to different regional meetings, and, and I would share my stories of power evangelism, and people would just look and go, yeah, that's kind of old school vineyard, and we don't really do that anymore. That's kind of the old school way. We got new methods, we got new, that's just kind of old school. I would hear this, and I, and I remember Angie and I, and Angie out of concern for me, she'd say, Robbie, I, I really think you should stop telling these stories she goes because I don't I don't think anybody's interested I don't think and she goes I don't want it to hurt you because I know God's using you in this but I don't want it to hurt you and she goes I could see sort of this depletion you know because people just aren't buying into it she goes just nobody cares nobody wants to hear these stories and I was like okay yeah I get it and then of course 
All of a sudden, we had this, but for years, I would, I would sit there, and I would, I would, how I planted my church is I, would, I, would, I was installing carpet for years, installing carpet, and I would go, and I would be in people's homes, and I would look over at somebody, you know, uh, who, who I'd see a woman who was putting carpet in, and I would have my helper, and I'd say, I think that lady's got a demon. We need to figure out how to pray for her. And I would say, you know, have you been experiencing some night terrors or some difficulties in your home? Or, yeah, that's kind of, how did you know that? I'm like, well, just, you know, Jesus shows me. So, you know, can we pray for you? All that will go right now. And I mean, I would see these people like flopping on their newly installed carpet, you know. <laughs> you know? And we were breaking demonic power. We pray for people, see people getting healed, giving words of knowledge. And it was just, I mean, people would be blown away. And it was so cool because that job got me in people's homes on a regular basis. I'm telling you what, don't always look and just go, you know, I need to be a pastor to do ministry. You're missing the point. You do ministry right where you are. Right where you are is some of the best ministry you're going to ever see happen. It's true. And so, and I remember I would get, I would, I would leave somebody's house, sweat pouring down off me. You know, my knuckles bloody from putting this carpet in, my knees hurting, my back hurting. And just sweat pouring down. And I would reach over the visor of my van and I would pull this paper. And it was that prophetic word that guy gave me. And I would just read it again. And I would say, God, you said this. You said you would do this. And if it starts in this lady's house, if it starts in this man's house, then that's, that's where I'm going to start. It's right where I'm at. I'm not waiting for something to come different. I'm going to start right where I am. Right where I am. And I remember right after we filmed Furious Love, if, if you've seen that movie, and right after we filmed it and it had just come out, and I and my son were taking a roll of carpet up to this lady's house, and, and, and we ring the doorbell and got a roll of carpet on our back, and, and uh, she opens the door and she's talking on her cell phone, and she, her eyes get really big, and she goes, oh my God, it's the guy from Furious Love, and slams the door in my face. <laughs> and I'm like, and my son is in the bed, and he's like, no way! He goes, that did not just happen. And she opens the door. She goes, is it you? Are you that guy? Are you that? And I said, yes, that's me. And she goes, you, is this a joke? Are you, you're installing my carpet? I'm like, yeah, that's what I do. And she goes, come in, come in. She goes, oh, I can't believe it. She starts calling all of her neighbors, all of her friends at church. The guy from Furious Love is done. I was on the floor, sweat pouring down. I've got, you know, builder's butt in the back. And I'm like, I'm a mess. And there, people are taking pictures. And I'm like, please, not from behind. From the front, you know, sweat dropping off my nose. And she's like, would you give my friend a prophetic word? Would you pray for this friend? Would you pray? She needs healing. And I would just sit there, you know, pour, wiping sweat off as I was, you know, praying for these people. And I remember pulling that paper down and going, God, you said. And he keeps his word, my friends. But everybody was like, and I remember years before that, this guy gave us a prophetic word another time, but before any of that happened, and he says, he goes, everyone else We'll just see the cloud the size of a man's hand. He goes, but hear what the Lord says. But I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. But I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. And this is where Elijah's at. He says, go get something to eat because I hear a mighty rainstorm. I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. This is in the middle of a drought. 
And so Ahab went to go get something to eat, but Elijah climbed to the, mount, to the top of Mount Carmel and he bowed low to the ground and he prayed with his face between his knees. And then he said to his servants, go look out, his servant, go look out towards the sea. And the servant went and he looked and he returned and Elijah said, and he said to Elijah, I didn't see anything. And he's having him look for clouds. He's having him look for rain. He goes, I didn't see anything. And Elijah said to him, listen, seven times, go back, go back. But Lord, I prayed once. I don't want to pray again for somebody to be healed. If it's not going to happen the first time, why should I have to pray again? Expectancy. Risk. He says, go again, go again. Elijah is contending to see that rain. The servant, the king, they're only judging but what they see in the natural. But Elijah isn't trusting what he's hearing in the natural or seeing in the natural. He's trusting what the Lord said. He's trusting what the voice of God is saying. And finally, the seventh time, the servant came back and says, all right, I only see a little cloud the size of a man's hand, Elijah. And what does Elijah say? Oh, bummer. Oh, that stinks. I was, I was really hoping for you to come back with a big, dark, black cloud that was full of rain. And oh, I missed it. Is that what Elijah says? I only see a small cloud the size of a man. It's not enough. There's not enough there. You don't have enough to see healing come. You don't have enough faith to see the dead raised. You don't have enough faith to see somebody get touched and get healed in public on the town square. You don't have enough. That's because you only see, others are only seeing the cloud the size of a man's hand. But what does Elijah say? Run! Hurry, run! Go tell Ahab, get in his chariot. He won't make it down to the town. There's a massive rainstorm coming. At just the cloud the size of a man's hand. Doesn't that stir faith in you? I don't know about you, but that gets me all jacked up. <laughs> I just get all jacked up because he's only seen by the natural, but he knows by the spirit. Don't trust what your eyes see in the natural. Trust by what you know by the spirit of God. Trust by what God says. Go lay hands on the sick. Go give a word. Step out in faith. Go do it. Go do it. And he says, run. And Elijah, he ends up going out. Ahab jumps in his chariot. And Elijah grabs his, his, his garments and he pulls them up. And the Bible says uh, the Lord fills Elijah with supernatural uh, power and strength. And he outruns Elijah's chariot and the horse. <sighs> I just think that's Papa looking down and going, got your back, son. Got your back. But you see, that comes by responding, not by what your eyes see, by what you hear by the Spirit, by what you hear by the voice of the Father. My friends, we're going to want to dial down the risk. Don't go there. Don't go there. Crank it up. Crank it up. Turn it up. 
increase it. Just say, come on, this is where we live from here on out. I live in that place. I had a woman who went after she was at a weekend conference with me. She goes into her work the next day and there were all these little cubicles in this big open room. And she walked in and she goes, I had never seen anybody healed before. And she goes, she's watching, you know, me having people pray for each other. And she, she goes in and she goes, she, she opens the door to her work. And she goes, anybody need healing in your body? If you're in pain and you need healing, come here right now. And four people jumped up and ran over to her. And she's like, ah. <laughs> and she said, just a minute. And she ran into the bathroom and she locks herself in the stall. And she goes, I don't remember even how to pray now. <laughs> and she sat there and she's like, what did he say? What, how, do you, how do you pray? Okay, I can't ask. I'm not allowed to ask. That's right. I can't ask. I'm going to command the body. That's right. I don't even, how do you command a body? I'm not quite. All right, I'm just going for it. <laughs> she steps out. Three of the four people get completely healed. The other person only gets 50%. But she said, by the next morning, they came back and said, I'm totally healed. Yeah. Totally healed. <laughs> Terrified. Why? Because we don't judge by what we see with our eyes. We're not living this thing by the natural, but we're living what we know by the Spirit of God. Don't go by what your ear hears in the natural or your eyes see in the natural, but what you see and hear by the Spirit of God. Father, I pray that that just seizes our hearts. I pray that that just grips us. I pray, Lord, that that just shakes us to the core. And Lord, that, eight, that with each person that we encounter out on the sidewalk, out in, the, in our neighborhoods, with each person that we see that needs healing, Lord, that we won't shrink back, but that we will step up. That we will increase that risk, that we'll turn that up, that we'll step into it. Even those that are here, Lord, that need healing. Well, I can't pray for somebody for healing because I need healing myself. I got a bad thyroid. I've got a bad knee. And yet I've seen God heal many thyroids and many knees. God, you love using wounded healers. That's the gospel. That you use us. Holy Spirit, let us just be filled with that sense of your reality. And there's some of you are just here right now and you're just like, I want to do this, but I just, I'm just not courageous enough. I just lack that courage. If that's you, just stand right now. I need courage. I need God to give me courage. Stand up right now. Close your eyes, put out your hands. This is a word from the Lord for you. Joshua chapter one. It's the words that God spoke to Joshua. Just close your eyes and envision the Father speaking this to you. Now Joshua, take courage. Take it. Make courage yours. Take it. Just see a rod of courage being placed in your hands and just grip it and say, this is mine. And he says in Joshua, 
Be courageous. Be very courageous. Make courageous your new identity. Grip it. In Acts chapter 4, it says they were all gathered together and they were being threatened to be beaten if they prayed anymore for the sick in public. And the church cried out together and said, Now, Lord, you hear their threats. Now give your people great boldness to never stop, to never stop praying. You're not waiting for courage. You take it. But Holy Spirit, come and fill us with great boldness. And the scripture said the whole place shook with the Spirit of God, shook with the presence of God. Fill us with that boldness. Let dreams, there's releasing, God's releasing dreams here tonight of dreams of just stepping out in greater boldness. You're gonna have them tonight and tomorrow night. Just the Lord's releasing right now just dreams and you envisioning and seeing yourself stepping out in that great boldness. Take it. That's who you are. He's releasing it to you now. Be filled with the boldness of the lion of the tribe of Judah. The heir to David's throne, the eternal king. Rise up, O king, inside of each one of us. Rise up, victorious, victorious king. Rise up. With the rest of you that are seated, just stand with us if you would. Some of you have been asking God to speak to you in dreams. Some of you have been even asking for angelic visitations. And I just hear the Lord saying he's releasing angelic visitations. He's releasing uh, dreams from him. And just, just put your hands out and just say, Lord, I receive those. I receive those angelic visitations. I receive whatever. Some of you have been asking very specific. And just right now, just say, Lord, I receive that. It may even be just, just experiencing something of, of incredible supernatural Holy Spirit activity that you're just like in the natural is impossible or as testimonies that you don't hear on a regular basis just say lord i receive that be specific with it right now the lord's releasing that right now <sighs> be filled right now with it the holy spirit I pray for a release of holy boldness just to grab that valve of risk and to crank it up. God always says to us to take that first step. You go and I'll show up. You're not waiting for him to do a thing. 
You go and I'll show up. And right now we just receive just that boldness just to grab that valve and crank it up and to expect you to show up. We have no right to be discouraged if it doesn't happen the way we want. That's us trying to receive the glory. We do it because it brings glory to the king. This is for the spread of the fame of your name to make you famous on this earth. Come, Holy Spirit, right now, just breathe on us. Breathe on us. Let your power, let your presence fill us right here, right now. Come. Come. Be filled. Be filled. Fire of God, just fall on us right here, right now. More, Lord. More, Lord. More, Lord, fill us up. Some of you have been asking for the baptism of the Holy Spirit with speaking in tongues and you, you don't feel you've received that. You haven't had that. If that's you, if there's a, raise your hand right now. If that's you, you want to receive that and you've been asking God for that. Just if you have your hand up, just step down here to the front right now. If you're raising your hand because that's what you want, step down here right now. Spread right across here to the front. Step all the way up if you would up here. Just step right, spread across over that way. Move down if you would. More, Lord. Fill them up. Come, Holy Spirit. Father, we thank you just for a release right now, just a baptism of fire. A baptism of fire. A baptism of fire. A baptism of fire. You aren't waiting for anything. Be filled. Be baptized in the Holy Spirit right now. And I just give you permission just to begin to speak in tongues right now. Go for it now. Go for it now. Begin to release it. Begin to release it right now. Just begin to release those tongues from right now. More, Lord. And Father, I thank you just for my brothers and sisters that are out here, Lord, just for a release of your spirit. A release of your spirit right here, right now. In the name of Jesus, turn it up, Holy Spirit. Turn it up. Turn up your presence. Increase right, right over us, right here, right now. Some of you are beginning to feel just a burning or a stirring in your stomach. They're just feeling just a burning and stirring. This, I'm not talking about if you've had sickness. This is a, a stirring of the spirit. But you're feeling like almost heat or electricity or even like uh, butterflies in your stomach. If you're feeling that, raise your hand right now. Raise your hand. I want you guys to step up and just get behind these guys. And just, you guys up here, step all the way forward. I want these guys to come in behind you. Step, step closer. Step closer up here. And just you guys who are just feeling that in your stomach. I just felt like there was just a, a release of fire in you right now. There's just even, you're feeling like a pressure or a heat around. Just spread all the way across. These guys across here. And I just, and begin to just pray. Begin to pray in the spirit. Begin to just pray in tongues over them right now. Just the Lord is just releasing just something here. If you guys can move, move down, have each person one-on-one. -on -one. And there's some other people over here on the side. Maybe a couple of you go just around over this way to come over here. Father, we just thank you. Fill them up, Holy Spirit. Fill them up, Holy Spirit. 
go deep in you. Now there's some of you that you're feeling God's presence on you. You're feeling God's presence and power on you. You're feeling that tingling, that heat, that shakiness. If that's you and you're standing at sheet, raise your hand right now. Some of you are really feeling that. Now listen, remember who you are for just a second, but there's those of you who aren't feeling that right now and you're not, you're not feeling any of that happen with you, but you're really, you're, you're saying, and I'm even a little skeptical, I'm not quite sure about this, but I wanna experience that. Now if, you're, if, you're, if you have your hand raised, put your hand down, but remember who you are, but if you're, if you're saying here, I'm, I'm a little skeptical, I'm not sure, don't, no, nobody's gonna embarrass you, but just raise your hand right now. Raise your hand. The other call is, it's okay, keep it up, keep it up. Keep your hand up if you would. Raise it, raise it high, that's okay. That's, that's, listen, there was nobody more skeptical than me, I assure you. Now there's others of you that you're just going, I'm desperate for a touch from God. I really need a touch from the Holy Spirit. And, and, and keep your hands up if you raised your hand with uh, being sort of skeptical and unsure. But if you're just here too and you're saying, I'm really desperate for a touch from God, raise your hand. Raise your hand. And you guys who are feeling that tingling and that heat, I want you just to slip over to one of these people with their hands raised right now. And I want you to pray for them. Some of you guys around them right now, just reach over to these people that have their hands raised and just lay a hand on them and just begin to just soak them in God's presence. Begin to release the fire of God's spirit. Now, I want you to do something. I know, I know this country, you sort of pray a little quieter. You sort of pray. I want you to follow the lead of Chris, your pastor. I want you to pray with a little more strength, a little more authority. I want this, this is a training ground. I want you to release and I want you to call down the fire of the spirit for these people right now and begin to bless them. Don't push anybody. Don't, 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 don't try to, you know, get somebody to do something, but I just want you to bless them and just say, Lord, just let your fire fall on them right here, right now and begin to just bless them. Make sure that somebody has, if, if, if somebody's, if you had your hand raised and somebody's praying for you, I just, you can put your hand down, but I want to make sure we have somebody praying for every person here. Father, we thank you for the power of your spirit. And you guys keep praying, keep praying, keep blessing them. But there's others of you here too, that you need healing in your body. You need healing in your body. Some, somebody, so, so one of you guys, some, somebody come and pray for this young man right here. He's got his hand up right there. Father, we just thank you for your spirit on him right now. If some of you need healing in your body, you came tonight because you need healing, just raise your hand. You came because you need healing. Just some of those around you. If you're just standing in your seat and, and you're not doing anything, you're just watching, uh, that's not allowed. Uh, you gotta, I'm throwing you under the bus right now. Reach over and put your hand on that person. If you love Jesus Christ, Reach over and put your hand on that person. If you don't, put your hand on them and you will because you're about to experience something. Somebody uh, reach over and pray for her. And I want you to ask him what the condition is and I want you to pray with confidence. Father, we thank you for each one of these down here. We thank you, Lord, for the fire and the baptism of fire of your spirit. Just fill them. And now I want you guys not to not move your mouths, but I want you to release the power of those tongues. Begin to speak in tongues right now. 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 You're not, you're not waiting for permission. Just go for it. Speak in tongues right now. Release it. Speak in tongues right now in the name of Jesus. Speak in tongues right now. Speak in tongues in the name of Jesus. Release it. Release it. Let it go. More, Lord. Speak it. Let it go. Speak it. Come on. More, Lord. Fire. Fire. The baptism of fire. Just come. 
Do it by faith. Speak out by faith. More, Lord.